Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Welcome back to episode 55 of Two Drunk Brothers on a Podcast, the Double Five episode presented by The Hub Chicago. Yeah, so we're going to do some stuff today, talk about some fantasy football, obviously give you some gambling lines as we always do. Um, but first, we're going to start off the episode by t- doing what we did kind of last week. And last week, we just kind of vented about some stuff over the last, over the previous weekend that kind of pissed us off. And I mean, this weekend, I think Travis and I are both in agreement on this. It was that early stoppage in the Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal fight at UFC 244. I mean, that was fucking pathetic. Yeah, I, just, I feel like there could be a whole episode this week of just stuff that pissed me off. It just piled up from the week where I wasn't mad about anything. But yeah, about the UFC 244 stoppage, it's just, I don't know. I'm just disappointed in the whole event in general. I know a lot of people might disagree with me, but whatever. If you did watch it, it was kind of bullshit the way they especially stopped the last fight. Nate Diaz, I mean, his eye was pretty bad, but I've seen fights go on longer. I mean, it was literally the title for the baddest motherfucker. I mean. Yeah, and then some people are going to be like, well, you can't justify that for safety reasons and blah, blah, blah. That's but, bullshit. I, mean, I, saw, I saw plenty of UFC fighters tweet saying for them to never fight in New York again because for those of you who don't know, the UFC doesn't have like a fucking like governing body like the other sporting events are. They, when they go state by state, they have to go by their state athletic commissions. And New York's is one of the worst I've seen in, in terms of early stoppages and just bullshit fucking um, decisions at that. I mean, you could argue the decision on that card, all three of them probably could have went another way. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was about to say next, too. I feel like as big as the UFC is getting, they need to really hone in and perfect their, A, referees, which is going to consist of being in the same spot because, obviously, certain referees have certain licenses and states and blah, blah, blah. And then, B, they need to figure out a better scoring system than what they have in place now. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are getting screwed over. The 10-point must-scoring system, I feel like – because basically, why don't you just be like – nine times out of ten, the round is going to be 10-9 forever won it. So why don't you just give them a fucking point and then be like, three – this person won three-nothing. Like, at that point, that's what you're doing. There's no reason to call it 30-27 or whatever. Um, I, I feel like the 10-point pu- must-scoring system was borrowed from boxing, and we all see what's happening to boxing. I do think UFC is in a better spot. I'm just – up insanely upset because Nate Diaz turns on the fucking jets in rounds four and rounds five. Like that is where that's where he thrives. And I haven't seen Jorge Masvidal fight that late in a long time. So it could have been, could have turned it very differently. And what also added on to it too was after the fight, Dana was Dana like came back in, a, in an interview and was like, yeah, I, I took a look at Nate's eye. I knew it was probably the right call. And I, I mean, Ian, 
that's fucking that's that's him saving face in PR so he can go back to New York and sell out Madison Square Garden and go do four million dollars in pay per view buys and fucking cash in you know tens of millions of dollars. But credit to Jorge Masvidal, Travis. You think he gets the winner of Covington Usman that happens in December? Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, which I'm sure we'll have an episode over that too. Overall, it was just a little bit of a letdown as far as how much we were pumping up the episode. Or the not the episode, but the fight and the card. Yeah. But what else pissed me off was our bets this past weekend. The one was both of our upset of the week. We both had the Lions at the Raiders. They got the ball, fourth and goal, I believe at the three yard line, eight seconds left. Last play of the game to tie it up with a touchdown. And the Raiders called a timeout, so the Lions went back to the drawing board. They draw up a play, a play-action goal-line formation with a pass to the back of the end zone to their third-string tight end. Like, that's the best you can come up with, Matt Patricia? I mean, he is a defensive guy. Uh, <laughs> that's I don't the best know, you can man. come up with. Like, just the whole – I could, like you said, like – UFC pissed me off the most because also with UFC, I also fucking got – if I would have just rolled my picks, because by the way, guys, I was 4-2 and two in my UFC picks while Travis was 0-6. 0-6. Oh oh um, Can't win them all. Which Already. never happens. But we got in a big hole in UFC, so gambling all on its own um, was ridiculous this weekend. So UFC 244, the early stoppage pissed us off. Now, I will say if – I wish they just would have let Nate come out in the fourth. And if he got his ass whooped again like he was the first, because Masvidal was up 3-0, easy, probably fucking probably 30-26, because he probably won one of those rounds 10-8. Um, if, if, if they would have came out in the fourth and Masvidal just kept pounding on his face and he was bleeding even worse, then okay, fine, call it. But I felt like there were still two rounds left where Nate could have done something. But that's the whole thing. Also tonight – College basketball kicks off. This is Tuesday, November 5th, so that's back. Um, we're not doing a big episode like we did last year, talk about college basketball. Last year, we predicted Duke to win it all, and they didn't this year. Yeah, I think it's really anyone's – I think it's the field's kind of open a bit this year. I totally agree. So another game that pissed me off <laughs> was the Colts game, which if you're watching, <sighs> one, I, and I want to point this out, I get that the laces were in on that last second kick. But the Colts special teams have been the worst in the NFL. Of combined field goals and extra points, they have the most field attempts of any team in the NFL. Uh, Total, they've missed five field goals and five extra points all season long. Yeah, I mean, as great as Vinatieri has been, I think throughout his career, it's time to go. It's time to hang up the cleats. Him and Matt Bryant need to realize, okay. So I think Matt Bryant's done. Oh, no, I did see on ESPN the other day that the Falcons are on their fourth kicker, the fifth kicker, fifth punter of the year. So, or something yeah, like that. So, either way, Adam and Terry, hang him up. I am very confident that he could have made a kicker, could have made that kick. I don't know. I know Pat McAfee had his justification around it, but if you're getting paid millions of dollars, maybe you should start practicing like, hey, Let's see what it looks like if we practice some with the laces in. Yeah. What do you do all day at practice? Kick fucking footballs. That's all you got to do. So Pat actually, Pat actually went back and said he blamed it on the. There's no way that 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 that's a justifiable reason. I know what you're about to say. The snap, the the snapper. 
There's no way. What is he? Is he got? Is he a fucking magician? So he's apparently apparently he's supposed to. They practice like spiraling it just right because like to when the the holder catches it. Because what what he said, guys, is like when the holder caught it, it was like in a dead space. When you hold your hands, like if you snap it, even if you're off a little bit, the holder can feel the laces and then spin it around. But when he's holding his hands out, the laces hit in that spot where his hands weren't at. And he couldn't feel it and just put the ball right down and the fucking. He still spun it though. Yeah, he spun with... it a little bit. So that so it's on it's on Rigoberto Sanchez. If we're being real honest, who's that? That's that's their holder, their punter. Yeah, he yeah. Fu- he caught it and still spun it perfectly to where the laces were like right in. So Either yeah, way, both those games were bullshit. Two terrible endings for yeah. two big bets that we had out this weekend. Uh, Jarrett has been kind of in a spell where he's not winning and he's not losing on his picks. He's like either five and five, four and four, four and, that and five. Is, and that is legit because if I wouldn't have lost $90 in the UFC this weekend, I would have been dead even. I would have been dead fucking even. Yeah, so he has been in a constant state of averageness, whereas I have either – the last few weeks I've won. This week I was even – Ultimately, we had a losing week by one pick. Thank you, uh, Matt Patricia, for that play call. But either way, lots of shit pissed us off this week. That's it. I That's all I have for the intro. That is it. College basketball kicks off tonight, so obviously we'll probably be talking about that come March Madness time, our big bracket episode that we did last year. Um, first college football playoff rankings are released tonight. I thought they'd be done by now, but they're not. Um, so maybe we'll talk about them on the outro. Who the hell They're knows? not out yet. They're not. The show started at 9 p.m. Eastern, so it's 8.20 here now. Um, maybe they'll release them whenever. They always like to drag that fucking shit out. Let's roll into Degenerates Digest. Hey, everyone. As you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free. B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving. All right, Degenerates Digest, we have been on the same train for a while where we have our nine picks, I believe. Nine. But when they have the London pick, the London game, we throw that in there, so we had ten last week. But the same nine, we're going to dive into our college football picks. Uh, I'm going to lead it off as usual. First game of the week, number five, Penn State at number 13, Minnesota, Saturday at 11 a.m. Should be a good game to wake up and drink some coffee to. Uh, Penn State is seven-point favorites, and that's who I'm taking. From a distance, this spread doesn't make a whole lot of sense from two undefeated teams, but you take a look at Minnesota's schedule – which currently their strength of schedule is at 77. They have played South Dakota State, Fresno State, Georgia Southern, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, like the bottom half of the Big Ten. Meanwhile, Penn State's strength of schedule is seventh. 
They still have the second-best defense in the nation. So they have the seventh-ranked fringe of schedule and the second-best defense. I see them being an actually elite team with a possible possibility of going to that college football playoff. I also see this game being a very low-scoring affair. The over-under is set at 47, which is extremely low for a college football game. Um, but I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to break double digits and scoring in this game, so I'm taking Penn State minus seven. All righty then. So um, I'll talk about that game later. Uh, my first game, I had to do it just because it's such a big game. Number one, LSU at number two, Alabama at 2.30 on CBS. Travis is shaking his head. I didn't touch the spread because for a variety of reasons. LSU's 5-2-1 and one against the spread this year. Bama's 4-4. Four and four. And the spread's at six, six and a half, something like that. It just seemed very – it could go either way. Um, but the under, in, like the Vegas under, in each of these teams' last two games has hit. So in LSU's last two games, the under that Vegas set hit. and Bama's last two games, the under they set has hit. I feel like both these teams have decent enough defenses that can show up and play. The over-under in this game is 65, and I'm taking the under of 65 for my first pick. That's that, that's pretty high scoring for a Bama LSU game. All right, <clears throat> did not. I, yeah, I was gonna say I do not like the spread of that game. I think it's what LSU plus six and a half right now mm-hmm. is what it's at. Uh, my second game, number eleven Baylor at TCU. This is also Saturday at eleven a.m. Baylor is only two point favorites heading into TCU. Another undefeated team, and that's who I am taking. Baylor at minus two. They're going on the road versus struggling TCU team who actually let Jarrett down last weekend, by the way, against Oklahoma State. They did. They did after they beat Texas. So. Yeah. So minus two is pretty much, you know, a win unless they win by one, which I, is kind of impossible in football. You don't see it a lot. And I don't see them losing this one. They can't really afford it. They're undefeated at number 11, so they need to really win out to uh, have any sort of hope at making breaking into that college football playoff talk and it's also been a rough month for tcu their only win coming against texas team other than that they've lost to three very ugly teams by a lot this is another game where i think baylor's defense is too good for tcu so i'm taking baylor minus two all righty my second game is number 20 kansas state at texas at 230 on fox um, Kansas State is six and two against the spread this year. Texas is four and four. Not a huge advantage there. But what is the big outlier for me um, is Texas is zero and two against ranked teams. Now get this: number twenty Kansas State is seven point dogs going on the road against Texas. So I'm taking Kansas State plus seven because Texas is zero and two against ranked teams. They're worse against the spread. I think Kansas State. I mean, even even if they don't get it done, I feel like it's going to be a close game, a three, four-point game. So um, Kansas State plus seven for me. Yeah, it just Texas's ability to have an explosive offense just scares me in that game. I think K-State either wins or Texas wins by like 14 to 20. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but seven for a ranked team. I saw that and liked it, though. I saw that and liked it. My third game, SEC matchup, one you probably won't watch, though. Tennessee at Kentucky, uh, Saturday at 6.30. Razor-thin spread. Kentucky is one-point underdogs, so they're plus one at home. Two not-so-great teams. I'm taking Kentucky here, plus one. You know why? This, is, this had a big factor of me picking it. They are 6-2 and two against the spread this year. We all know how bad Tennessee is. 
They're on the road. Kentucky with their wide receiver at QB, possibly the weirdest thing I've ever seen in most recent college football history. Coming off of bye week, and before that, a gigantic win against Mizzou. Meanwhile, this is another reason why I like this. Tennessee hasn't had a bye since late September, so I feel like they're running thin a little bit. Yep. I can Kentucky plus that. one. Kentucky plus one. I like that. I could see that happen. I almost threw it on mine. Uh, my next game is Texas Tech at West Virginia. This is at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. The spread is three. Texas Tech, the Red Raiders are favored, and that is who I am taking the Texas yep. Tech Red Raiders at minus three. Both teams are three, four, and one against the spread, so no really advantage there. But the big factor for me is that West Virginia's lack of offense. They're averaging 302 yards per game, which is 120th in the country. Um, on the other side of the ball, Texas Tech is putting up 478 yards per game. I just feel like their offense can be able to score, and West Virginia's won't. Three is super small, so I'm taking the Red Raiders at minus three here. All right, I saw that, looked at it, liked it, didn't pick it. Going into our locks of the week, <laughs> you're going to laugh at my lock of the week, but I actually love it. Game that absolutely nobody will watch. I mean, Georgia, I've, had, I've had a few of these this year. Georgia State at University of Louisiana Monroe. Saturday at 4 p.m., Georgia State is minus two and a half. They're two and a half point favorites, and that's who I'm taking. What a doozy this game is. Georgia State, one of the best in the country against the spread at 5-1-2. and two. They take on a 3-5. and five. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Louisiana Monroe team who has the fourth worst defense in the nation. Now, Georgia, Georgia State's defense isn't much better, but they can still they can score. They have the 21st ranked offense in the nation, so let that sink in. A top performing offense against one of the worst defenses, only making that two and a half point spread, looking like it should cover like butter on a muffin. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, my Lock of the week is a game that Travis discussed earlier. It was his first game he talked about. Number five, Penn State versus number 13, Minnesota on the road. Didn't touch the spread. I took the over under. And Travis, I think what you said on the over, did you, did you, did you say it was 47 and a half? I said 47, but I don't know what you got it at. Yeah, we'll just go with 47 then, but I'm taking the under in this one. Um, these two teams have elite defenses. I mean, when you talk about defenses, they're elite 280 yards per game allowed for Penn state 283 allowed for Minnesota, but they both have higher powered offenses. So I think something's got to give, I honestly think in this one defense 
is what is kind of holds it strong. Penn State's really, really great against the run. Minnesota's more balanced in, in, in how great they are on defense. Um, and so I just kind of see that playing a big factor here in this game. Um, it's going to be a cold one up in Minnesota, one that Penn State's not 100% used to. I know it doesn't get warm in Pennsylvania, but that Minnesota cold just hits different. Um, I see this being a boring Big Ten game. I got really, really high on Big Ten unders at the end of last year. That did me well. So big the under in the Penn State-Minnesota game at 47. All right. You know, maybe it can be like 21 nothing, Penn State. Yeah. Give, give, the, give both of us those wins. Those are our college lines. NFL, no London game. So we're just going to roll into the Thursday night game, which honestly should be a good one. You got Chargers at Raiders. Uh, Chargers are one-point favorites, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. I don't know about you, Jarrett, but I'm rolling with the Raiders plus one here at home. Jarrett's shaking his head. Doesn't look like he has it. Like I said, should be a competitive game. I don't like picking it. I'm just going to bet it on it just to make it interesting for myself. I like the Raiders because they're at home. Chargers fans don't really exist even when they play in their home stadium. And the black hole in Raiders Nation always show up. It's a tough place to play. It really is. Not to mention, the Raiders are 3-1 and one at home this year with their own loss coming against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're the better team. And against the spread, they're 5-3. and three. I just think the Chargers are having a tough time finding their identity, and I don't like, I don't like the Chargers. Uh, I disagree with you there. I think the Chargers are heating up uh, at the right time. They dominated a Packers team um, last week, absolutely dominated them and shut down their offense. Melvin Gordon is looking better with every single carry and every time he touches the ball. You know, last week he really looked like himself, I think, for the first time. That O-line is getting healthier every week, and I think they're trying to make a playoff push. Um, the Chargers are 3-4-2 and two against the spread this year. However, they are 2-0-1 oh, in their last three, and that's when they've looked like the team that we all thought, th- thought they were. So with that being said, I think the Chargers go into Oakland and steal one here. I have the Chargers minus one for my pick. All right, there's our first contradictory pick. Sunday night game, one that should honestly be a good one. All these, all these primetime games are good this week. Vikings at Cowboys. Cowboys are three-point favorites. Over-under is 47-and-a-half. I'm rolling with the boys again this week at minus three. Both these teams have nearly identical numbers on both sides of the ball, except for the Cowboys move the ball a tad bit more in the air. They have a little more passing yards per game. Also, Adam Thielen is looking like he's not going to be playing. Uh, the Vikings are going to need a strong run game, which I'm not so sure can happen. The Cowboys absolutely shut down Saquon on Monday Night Football. He wasn't even the team leading rusher for the Giants. It was Daniel Jones. So I think the Vikings, you know, struggle to move the ball on the ground. Without Thielen, they struggle to move the ball early and fall behind. Don't quite catch up. Cowboys minus three. Don't hate it because that's what I wanted to do, but then I looked at these teams' records against the spread this year. Minnesota's 5-4, and four, Dallas is 5-3. and three. Um, But for me, I think both these teams have found their offensive identity. Um, I do think the Cowboys win this game in Jerry World. The Cowboys have scored 37 each of their last three weeks at a bye week in week eight. They scored 37 against the Giants and 37 against the Eagles before their bye. And the Vikings have not scored – less than 23 points. They've only scored less than 23 points three times this season, and they were all early, um, except for that game against the Redskins. That was an anomaly. So in their last three games, the Cowboys ranked first in the NFL in points per game with 32, and the Vikings ranked fifth at 28. So I expect a fun one in Jerry World. So 
You see where I'm going with this. I'm taking the over of 47 and a half on Sunday night to give America what they want. Oh, Sunday night. That was a terrible Carrie Underwood impression. Carrie Underwood's terrible to begin with, so. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said it. Shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Hot take alert. But, no, I just think these offenses are kind of clicking at the right time for an entertaining football game that's going to be pretty high scoring. All right. Going into our Monday night game, we have the last undefeated team in the NFL. Can't believe that it is the 49ers. Well, you have the Seahawks. Hey, hey, let's put some respect on their name. We said it before the year. Like I said they were going to be good. Yeah, we were high on them last year, and then Jimmy G got hurt, and now this year we're – like, it's insane. Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers are six-point favorites over under 46-and-a-half. Um, when I saw this matchup last week, that this was the Monday night matchup, I was like, oh, boom, I'm jumping on the 49ers. Not at minus six. I can't do it. Taking the Seahawks plus six. I know the, I know the 49ers defense is good, but they haven't faced the best quarterback in the league. And Russell Wilson, the dude is the best quarterback in the league, looking like it definitely this year. And MVP. this is by far their toughest matchup. Honestly, if you look at their schedule, they haven't played anyone very good. They haven't. No, no. Al Travis, I was talking to Kerry last night about this, and he was showing me their schedule the last half of the year. He's like, I, he's like, they're eight. No, they could very easily be eight and eight because their last half of the schedule was tough. Yeah, I mean, they play the Seahawks twice. I know this is at home. But they haven't played the Seahawks yet. I'm not saying that they're going to lose this game, but I think they very well could, and they have to lose eventually. So why not to Russell Wilson? Um, he's, he's on a tear of an MVP race right now, and I think that they at least make this game close. The minus six is way too big for a Russell Wilson-led Seahawks team. So I'm taking so, I Normally I'd go with you, but the Seahawks have burnt me twice this year. I know. They have. They have. They burnt but me twice this year. I'm not going to let them burn me a third time by picking the 49ers at minus six. So listen, listen. The only thing that worries me about the Seahawks, I, Russell Wilson, no doubt in my mind, can do what he does. But six is just a touchdown. It, for me, it's Seattle's defense. And if you look at their points allowed over the last few weeks, they are in desperate need of a bye week. And it's next week after they play, in, after they play San Francisco. So they need that bye week. Did I write that? Yeah, they're in need of it. Um, it's the number one passing offense in Seattle, and it's the number one passing defense in San Francisco. Something has to give. Um, there's no real advantage here. San Francisco is 5-3 and three against the spread. Seattle's 4-5. and five where, I mean, you could argue for it, but Seattle's had some really, really tough games where San Francisco has not. But for me, the one stat I cannot ignore is San Francisco has a plus 23.3 scoring margin at home this year. And Seattle is – the last three weeks is a minus 0.2 and San Francisco the last three weeks is plus 16.7. So I just feel like that they're able to put away teams and score a lot of points in, in their, in their, in their scoring margins. So I'm taking the Niners at minus six. I know, I know the stats show a lot in the 49ers favor, but you got to think about the quality of teams that they've played. I can't take that for certain. I respect your I know, decision. but fucking the Seahawks just let 34 points to the Bucks on Sunday and Jameis Winston. And they made Jameis Winston look like... The Rams let up fucking 50-something points to him. Yeah, the Rams The Buccaneers suck. can put up points. The, the Rams suck. Let's put that. Rams are not making the playoffs, I'm going to say right now. These no, but I'm saying the Buccaneers can put up points. I just... The, the 49ers, I respect them. They can ultimately prove me wrong with this game, but I don't see it happening. All right, Either we way, talk about the college football rankings 
after yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, after the degenerates <laughs> I just said they just came out. Um well, let's move on to the locks of the week. Our locks of the week. Um, let's, let's wrap this up so we can, we can get to that before our fantasy football talk. Lock of the week, Travis, who you have? Got Chiefs at Titans. Sunday at noon. Chiefs are four-point favorites, and that's who I'm taking. I like it. Matt Moore is looking like a fucking bona fide stud in that offense. And it looks they have Patrick Mahomes as of right now playing on Sunday. Even if not, it's almost a no-brainer to me. Matt Moore has looked amazing so far in his two games that he's played in Kansas City. I'm not worried about the Chiefs defense because they're going against Ryan fucking Tannehill. Uh, Give me the Chiefs all day long here. There's no way the Titans offense can keep up with the Chiefs, even if Matt Moore is under center. Yep, I like that pick a lot. My lock of the week is Giants at Jets Sunday at noon. Now, game none of us are going to want to watch, but the Giants are only two and a half point favorites, and I'm taking the Giants. I mean, this isn't a road game. They both play at fucking MetLife. So, I mean, even though it's Giants at Jets, um, I did air quotes. You guys can't see. I mean, how bad are the Jets? This is what Gase, Adam Gase, that fucking moron, said after to the loss to the Dolphins on Sunday. He said, you can't get embarrassed by shit like this. It's the NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? How can you not be embarrassed? You just lost to the laughing stock of the league. You're, you're, you're ex-team. Yeah, ex-team. And a team that's trying to lose is playing with practice squad players. I mean, um, they're pro- the fans were probably a little gassed up to beat their former coach. But, I mean, after the Jets scored that opening touchdown, the Dolphins dominated that game from in every facet, on a scrimmage, everything. The Giants have a much better offense than the, than the Jets, who rank dead last in the NFL in yards per game, 223 yards per game. I mean, that's big-time yikes. On defense, they're kind of similar. Um, I think there's no – so for me, it's really the Giants having the better offense. So I'm taking Daniel Dimes and the Giants at minus two and a half against the Jets on Sunday. So Sam Darnold is 9,000% the worst quarterback in the NFL. So bad. What was he doing on that one possession when they were in the red zone? Could have kicked a field goal, but he, like, is getting sacked. Oh, and like, he, like, he, like, threw a knuckleball. Yeah. To, to the – Dolphins cornerback. It looked like he was throwing. It looked like he was throwing shot put almost. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. And the ball was like in his palm, flat, upside down, and he just threw it mm-hmm. like he thought that would be a touchdown. <laughs> um, that's yeah, he's terrible. Lock of the week, lock him in. Upset of the week. I'm doing it again. Lock- you, you going? You going against the Bears? Lions at Bears. The Lions fucked me this past week. This is a Sunday noon game, by the way, which we are 9-5 and five on the year upsets of the week. I just can't not bet against the Bears at this point. I'm not sure why Vegas keeps setting the Bears as favorites, even at home. Their offense is fourth worst in the NFL. They're averaging four more yards per game than the Dolphins. Yikes. If the can't beat the Bears, then they might as well call their season a wash as well. They have to win this game, and I think they do. Should be a no-brainer. What's what's the money line? I, I saw that. I almost put that down as mine. It is plus one twenty five. So I I like that. I like that a lot. I might do a little parlay on our on our upsets of the week because mine's at plus one twenty five as well. It's the Bills at the Browns, and the Bills are the dogs. Yeah, I don't. Man, that, Dude, this is another conversation for another day. Let me let me go. I hate to do it to the brownies. I really do because I, yeah. I love the dog pound and I love the brownies, but. 
They're a bad football team. And ultimately, I think this is the game that gets Freddie Kitchens fired and sent to the unemployment line. I really do. I think this is the game that does it. They're two and six. They've lost four in a row. They lose to the Bills at home. I just feel like that that's it. Um, the Bills have the third best defense in the NFL. Meanwhile, Cleveland has the 18th best defense. Buffalo is also five and three against the spread. Cleveland is two and six. I know it's not a spread pick, but and they've lost every single game. This this is a big key. So Cleveland's a the favorite. They have lost every single game where they're the favorite this year. The only games they've covered against the spread were games they were dogs. Every single game they were favorite, they lost outright. Not against the spread, they just lost. Bills plus one twenty five at the Brownies on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, as much I saw that, I just my heart couldn't pick it because I I'm, feel bad. Everyone's blaming Baker Mayfield. I'm a Baker stand, and everyone, dude, I'm about to just delete Twitter because it just make I just get on I get on there on Sunday and Monday, and it just infuriates me. And I just want to just block every single person. I mean, he did he he did look rough in that press conference. He looked bad, but at the same time. You can't look good when your coach doesn't know what he's doing. Your offense doesn't know what they're doing. No one's getting along in the rock locker room. I don't know what happened between last year and this year, but shit needs to be changed. And I think it all starts with Freddie Kitchens, hopefully. Yeah, we were, wrong. We, were, we were wrong on the Browns this year. I'll admit that. But we've been right on a lot of other stuff. Yeah, we have. So maybe do a little parlay. They're both plus 125, Lions and Bills. Um, that'd be a big fucking hit, I think. Um, so, with that being said, those are the generous digest. Let's roll into first and ten. We'll briefly touch on the college football rankings and then go into some fantasy football talk. Hey, guys. So, we want to tell you a little bit about this new daily fantasy app that we just recently partnered with. It is called Thrive Fantasy. And Thrive Fantasy is a new DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only the top-tier athletes of each matchup. Instead of a traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Uh, for each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets available, plus two ice picks that protect you from any late-game scratches or postponed games. Uh, each unique prop has an over or under point value, which is assigned to it, and you'll be rewarded that point value if the prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 passing yards? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points that each selection is worth, and you will build your team and score around the amount of correct props you select. There's a whole new way for daily fantasy, so you should check it out. Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store and Google Play. Also, when signing up, use code 2DRUNKS. That's 2-D-R-U-N-K-S. Not case-sensitive, just 2DRUNKS. When you deposit $10, you'll get an extra free $10 to use on your first round of contests. So check that out. That is Thrive Fantasy. and We cannot be more excited to play this new daily fantasy First and 10 from the 45-yard line. All right. This week's first and 10, we initially had just fantasy football stuff to throw at you, but the college football playoff uh, rankings were just released as we're recording this, so we're just going to do like a little live reaction. And to be quite honest, I'm a little shooketh to my core. Yeah, it's crazy. I love it, though. I love it. Different. Ohio State. LSU, Bama, and Penn State. Clemson's not even in it if it were to end today. Because Clemson sucks this year. Penn State is in it, and that is, that's huge. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but the top four, I like what they did. 
honestly, I mean, you have four undefeated teams in there. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be a shakeup. Obviously, it's never going to never going to be the same as it, as it is this week. So, cuz obviously LSU and Bama play this week. They're 2 and 3. Yeah, somebody's um, going to drop out. I don't I could see if if LSU they have, they have to drop out. One of them has to drop out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, you're right, which sucks because the SEC is so much better than every other conference. You can't have Clemson at 9-0. and not above one of them. Even though they play in a cupcake fucking conference. Yeah, people are like, oh, Clemson's mad? Don't schedule Wofford and Charlotte. Yeah, I know shit. So we'll talk more about that. We'll probably maybe do – hopefully they don't have this late every single week, but maybe we can do a live reaction because um, I know you said Clemson was at five, and who was at six? Um, Clemson is at five and shit. I don't know. Georgia six. Georgia six. Georgia. Yep. So big shake up. Kind of like it. Just wanted to give a live reaction. We'll roll into our fancy football topics. Joe, you can lead into this one. Yeah. So we basically have three little things this week. We haven't really done a lot of fantasy football this year. We did a couple of episodes on it last year. We're going to do a uh, you know a simple simple stardom stardom sit them this week. And we're obviously we're not going to be like oh you should start fucking Patrick or you should start Aaron Rodgers because you start Aaron Rodgers every week. Um, we're going to do start him, sit him, like kind of guys that are kind of on the fringe, like who would be good value that you have in your team that you might stash in your bench, but you should start him this week. We're going to do one start and one sit through each position. We're going to start with the quarterback and I will roll into it if you don't mind. Um, my stardom uh, for the quarterback position, I'm going to go Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers for the Chargers against Oakland on Thursday Short night. week. Short week, but the Raiders are allowing 28.9 points per game to opposing QBs, which is second worst in the league in terms of fantasy points. And since their bye week, which was in week six, the Raiders have allowed 53, 33, and 30 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. And I think Phillip Rivers is primed for a good week. I said it earlier, the Chargers are starting to turn it up. So Phillip Rivers, um, if you have him, start him. I am in some of my leagues over some other quarterbacks. All right. Mine. Jameis Winston playing the Cardinals at home in Tampa who led up. I'm going to one up Jarrett here. The Cardinals led up the most points, fantasy points to quarterbacks an average of 29.7 and have led up the most passing yards in the NFL this season. Not to mention Jameis Winston himself is averaging a little over 21 points per week. He is the 12th-ranked fantasy quarterback. 
Wouldn't be a bad play if you have a tough matchup with your other quarterback or a QB on by. Definitely a good start this week in fantasy leagues. Most definitely. Um, and he has the first and third ranked wide receiver on his, on his team in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And the dude threw five interceptions in one game and still managed to get 14 fantasy points. So that was his lowest week. That's insane. So let's go on to the sit for quarterbacks. We'll, we'll, we'll do it in this, in this format. Travis will go start and sit for each position. we got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense. Um, my sit this week for a quarterback, it's funny because I have these guys on the same team in one league. I'm sitting Matthew Stafford against the Chicago Bears. Um, while the Bears' offense is anemic, and I still think the Lions can win this game, I just don't. Their defense is next level. Um, they're allowing the sixth fewest points against quarterbacks this year, and Matt Stafford is like a big boomer bust guy. He either gets you, you know, twenty-four to thirty, or he gets you like ten to fourteen. I think this is one of those ten to fourteen weeks that you can't really afford this late in the season. Um, so sit Matthew Stafford against the Bears on Sunday. All right, I saw that one, but it went this route instead. Uh, my sit is Kirk Cousins. I know he is the eighth best fantasy quarterback right now. I'm sure one of you guys is starting him. I can see it being a down week for him, though. We've seen how hit or miss he can be. His highest week he's had scoring was 36, and his lowest week he's had was seven. He's also going up against the Cowboys, who are allowing, on average, 13.3 fantasy points per week to quarterbacks. So one of the league's lowest. I would stay away from him if possible if you have a backup or alternative on your bench to start them over Kirk Cousins. I like that a lot. I was never really high on Kirk Cousins this year. It's crazy. I love Kirk Cousins, but just against his defense. Yeah, it's crazy to me that he's actually the – and if Vanderash comes back because he sat last week, I mean, you never know. You never know. Uh, We're going to roll into our running backs, though, and our running backs – um, we're going to go with stardom. I will go ahead and go. Um, my stardom this week in fantasy for running backs is Mark Ingram. I know Travis has him in at least a, one league, maybe one more. League, yeah. um, they're playing the Bengals this year, th- this week, not this, this year. year. <laughs> uh, that'd, be, that'd be nice for Baltimore. They'd win every game by fucking 40 points. Uh, so, uh, I've been drinking whiskey. I started out drinking beer tonight. Now I'm drinking fucking whiskey, not whiskey, not even whiskey. It's a rum and Coke. Jesus Christ. Um, Mark Ingram, Baltimore, playing the Bengals. Bengals are 31st uh, in, the, in the league against running backs in fantasy. They're allowing um, – sorry, Ingram is averaging 14.8 points per game, and the Bengals have not allowed less than 15.8 points to running backs, and they're giving up an average of 28.3 points per game to running backs. So I, I can see Mark Ingram getting, being the bell cow on Sunday and getting a, getting a, a lot of carries – um, and I'm just trying to really run the ball down down Cincinnati's throat. All right. My stardom this week is actually where I'm taking my own advice as well. It's been a struggle for me this year. I do own him in one fantasy league. That's David Montgomery. And I'm starting him this This, this is a good one. This, this was almost mine. Yeah, I start, I'm starting him this week in a league where I have six startable running backs. I have six running backs in the top 30. I'm leaning on him this week. He's the 24th ranked running back in fantasy He's averaging just around 11.4 points per week, and he's playing the Lions. And the Lions are the worst team against fantasy running backs. They're allowing 29.2 per week to opposing teams. Um, And the way this offensive looks, 
Montgomery has gotten a heavy workload over the last two weeks. He scored over 20, 20 fantasy points in both of those weeks, and he's gotten in the end zone four times in his last four games. So I feel like this is a good value pick. You should start David Montgomery if you have him and you're considering it. Put him in there. Travis, by the way, this is a totally, totally separate topic, but I know what league you're talking about, and I overread your message earlier in the group chat. You and I should talk about some trades in that league. Okay. Because um, I, run, I, need, I need running back help. Um, we're going to go to our sit for running backs this week. And my sit is going to be Kenyon Drake, the new Cardinals running back against Tampa Bay. I know the former Dolphin had a breakout game last week, scored a touchdown. Um, I, he had like 100-something yards and a touchdown. Probably had a decent fantasy week. But the Bucks' form, formidable front, which is led by Ndamukong Sue, Drake's former teammate, um, they're third best against running backs this year. Um, they've only allowed 100 or more rushing yards twice this season. One was right at 100. The other one was like 117, 130. You remember off the top of my head. And they've only allowed three rushing touchdowns all year. So only twice have they allowed more than 100 yards on the ground and only three rushing touchdowns all year. I don't expect Drake to be big in the passing game. He never really was, besides the Miami Miracle. Um, so I would just definitely avoid starting him this week. All right. I like that one. I know a lot of people are probably going to be high on him who are need running back help and picking him up, thinking that he's going to score a lot. So check that out. My sit is a big one that a lot of people are probably going to say, ah, oh, fuck off because I'm not sitting him. Mine's Devonta Freeman. He, oh, this is not bad at all. They're playing, he's playing a very good defense this week. Yeah, they're playing New Orleans. He has seen the end zone three times all season as their primary back. None of those, none of those three touchdowns have been on the ground. They've all been through the air. A struggling Falcons offense going on, on the road against the Stout Saints defense who gives up 13 points per week to opposing running backs. I don't see Freeman busting over that 10 points in a, in a week here, unless he gets multiple shots at like a goal line touchdown in an instance that he scores. Um, a lot of his work has been coming to the air, which is going to be limited against the Saints defense. And get this too. He's had only two games with over 50 rushing yards this year, and not one game over 90 rushing yards. So if he's a flex option for you, sit him if you can, throw in another running back who might have bigger upside. All right. So that's Travis's sit him for running backs. Let's move on to the receivers. We're going with our stardoms. Um, my start this week, um, if you got him, is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the Green Bay wide receiver. They're playing Carolina on Sunday. I mean, the Packers absolutely laid an egg against um, the Chargers last week. But something tells me that Aaron Rodgers and that team will be gassed up and ready to roll and won't do that again this weekend. Um, Scantling is second on the team in targets behind Adams and is still – getting a decent share of snaps even since Adams came back. Um, and Carolina is 23rd in the league against opposing wide receivers in fantasy. So I'm not saying start scaling in like wide receiver one or two territory, but he's a good flex option. If you have maybe, maybe like Travis said, you have Devontae Freeman there and you have scaling on your team or something like you have a, you know, a questionable running back. I would recommend starting Valdez scaling just because Carolina's secondary is questionable and he's still second on the team in targets behind Devontae Adams. All right. There you go. My wide receiver start is Emmanuel Sanders. He duh. started. No, you say duh. Right now in the ESPN leagues, he started in 46% of them. Wow. He's emerged as the Jimmy G 
favorite over the last two weeks. He got nine targets just this past week after having a full grip on the offense for his first like official full week of practice. And they're going against the Seahawks this week. We talked about the Seahawks earlier in the episode. Their defense has been less than stellar. Over the last two weeks, the Seahawks have allowed 43 points and 52 points to opposing fantasy wide receiving corps. If you're thinking about flexing him, do it. He's scored in both of his games with the 49ers, and he is a good, good flex or wide receiver two option. There we go. Don't hate that. Obviously, it's a good start. We'll go to our sit for wide receiver. My sit this week is going to be Jarvis Landry, um, the Cleveland wide receiver against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. We, I talked about it in my upset of the week. The Bills are the third best team against opposing wide receivers in fantasy, and the Browns are an absolute train wreck right now. Um, I heard it on the broadcast on Sunday when I was watching that Browns game um, that Landry has had a very low target share this year. He's only seen, only seeing 25% of the targets in that offense when he should be seeing close to 40, I feel like. Um, so those things, those two things alone, the Bills having a good defense, Landry seeing a low target share is good enough for a bench spot. I know he may seem like a good flex option. I would not do it. Um, just put, put Landry on your bench and call the day. All right. That's a tough one, but I like it. My sit is one that kind of seems a little obvious. It's on the other side of the ball from Emmanuel Sanders. It's DK Metcalf. Got to do so it. This, this is a very good one. Did you know that he is the 16th, number 16th fantasy wide receiver, which is kind of crazy. I love DK. However, he's very, very reliant in fantasy on touchdowns. On touchdowns. Yes. I'm not saying that's unrealistic that he scores a touchdown. I just don't see him getting a ton of yards against the San Francisco D. He has a decent ceiling, but a very, very low floor. I don't like that he has the opportunity to score three or so points if he doesn't get a touchdown. I don't like the risk in playing him this week. So sit DK Metcalf if you have him. I don't hate that at all. He's very boomer bust on the touchdown. Um, And San Francisco also has the number one passing defense in the league. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Move on to tight ends. We'll go with our starts and tight end. Um, my start this week at tight ends is, is Hunter Henry, another Charger player against Oakland on Thursday night. Oakland is very bad against the pass. They're 30th against opposing tight ends in fantasy. And since Hunter Henry came back from injury in week six, he's only scored below 12 once. And that was against Chicago, who we all know has a very, very good defense. So he's scoring at least 12 against decent to average defenses. Imagine what he's going to do against an Oakland defense who's allowing, who's 30th ranked in the league against t- points against tight ends. Um, I think Hunter Henry is a good play. I've liked him coming out of college when he played at Arkansas. So Hunter Henry is my start at tight end this week. All right. My tight end start this week is Jack Doyle. That's Love right. it. Love it. This is, well, time out, time out, time out. This is all to actually if – the fucking old man plays, I like it even better probably. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad play regardless. I mean, because Jack Doyle did catch a touchdown last week. He is available as of right now in 65% of the ESPN leagues. This might be a guy that you look to if you have pretty severe tight end problems. He's not going to win you your matchup by any means, but he's not going to lose it. And did I mention that he's facing the fucking Dolphins this week? I can see him finding the end zone again in like a, you know, in the red zone. As the Colts roll the fence at home, he's projected also another reason why you should pick him up. He's projected 6.9 points. 
69. So, ha. There you go. Andy has a favorable, favorable schedule down the stretch. Pick him up if you can afford a spot on your bench for a guy like Jack Doyle. I don't hate that, like I said, because even if fucking Hoyer plays, Hoyer favors the tight ends, I think, because they're a safety valve. Um, and that's what he's going to look for. Yeah. So let's roll on to the sits at tight end. My sit at tight end this week is probably going to stir a lot of people because they've probably been relying on this guy a lot this year. Um, but I don't see him being, being very good on Sunday. My sit is Austin Hooper for the Falcons at against the Saints on Sunday. The Saints are the ninth best team in fantasy against tight ends. And I just see the Saints – and the big thing for me is not that they're good against tight ends. It's because they can control the ball. They can keep the time of possession, keep Atlanta's shitty offense off the field, and really just kind of control the game. And I don't see – Austin Hooper fitting into an offense when Atlanta feels that they, they have to go deep. That's more your Julio Jones, your Calvin Ridley's. Um, I just don't see him having a big day. I will. This has been one that I will disagree with you on just because that is like Matt Ryan's, you know, like safety blanket. I have seen so many, cause I, I have Austin Hooper in one of our leagues. I have had seen so many games where they are down by like 20 points. And then Austin Hooper just blows up and goes off because he's just like there and they just check down, check down Alex Smith right down to him. Yeah. So I, I can see him having a down game though. He is the number one fantasy tight end. He's got to have a bus week. One of these weeks. And I don't know what it is. The saints, the saints can cover tight ends. I I, I don't know. We'll see though. I just, I, I don't like it. Cause I think the saints can keep the Atlanta offense off the field. Fair enough. Fair enough. My sit him this week. Might be another one where you guys are like, well, he's my tight end, so I'm going to start him. It's Evan Ingram. Nope. I thought about this one too. This dude has had two good weeks, two good weeks all season, and he's somehow the number six tight end in the league. That's how big of a joke tight ends are. Um, While you think the Jets are a good matchup to play him against, think again. The Jets are averaging seven points allowed to opposing fantasy tight ends. And only three times this year have opposing tight ends scored over 10 points on them. With the struggling Giants offense, I do not like it one bit. So if you have Evan Ingram, go pick up Jack Doyle and start him over him. Question, Travis, was one of those over 10 points allowed this past weekend against Miami? It sure was. Mike is sicky, baby. It was Miami. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. Philadelphia, which was Zach Ertz. And then I forgot the third one, but it was a decent enough team. But other than that, they're only allowing 
seven points on average to fantasy tight ends. So you guys, what, this is something maybe for you think about fantasy next year once Miami gets a quarterback, but it seems like Brian Flores and that team have figured out how to use Mike Kosicki, who's a very, very talented tight end. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously it shows against them and it really shows uh, because a lot of teams like to face up safeties on tight ends. Yeah. Which would be AKA Jamal Adams being on a lot of tight ends this year. Yeah. And Gasicki made him look like a fucking fool on Sunday. Anyway, we're going to roll in the defense. The last one for stardom sit him. My start on defense this week is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. I know it seems like a cop out because they're playing the Dolphins, but, but they're not owned in a lot of leagues. I think they're 18th ranked defense. So not a lot of people own them. Um, I know Miami won on Sunday, but the Jets defense still had six points against them. And that was the lowest of the year. The only that and that was the only time a, a opposing defense scored less than ten against the Dolphins. So even if you have the Jets last week, six points out of defense isn't great. It isn't horrible, but every other week opposing defenses have scored ten or more from Dolphins. Love my Dolphins, um, but they're going up against a, a tougher team this Sunday. Yeah, I have the same, and I'm gonna add a little bit more in there as if Jerry didn't sweeten it up enough for you. Um, when opposing teams are playing the Dolphins or I guess defenses, they're averaging 14 points a week for a defense. That's the second highest, uh, I guess, against opposing teams. It's kind of hard to, to say when you're playing an offense. There's no reason to not add them. They're available in 62% of leagues, uh, maybe not after the waivers hit in most leagues tomorrow. But if you have them, I would 1,000% start them. Not only that, Miami just lost their quote-unquote star wide receiver in Preston Williams for the rest of the year. Their go-to running back, Mark Walton, was just suspended. So they're pretty much done for for a few weeks. Yep, yep. I feel like they shut Preston Williams down. People were saying it's a torn ACL, but they haven't officially said it. They said it's a knee. I think they shut him down because he's so good they don't want to win anymore. Um, and they uh, just don't want to risk him getting hurt for a season that's washed. Yeah, so um, Colts defense start him. My sit him for defense this week is the Cowboys. Um, I know the Cowboys have a very, very good um, fantasy defense this year overall, but I see then this game against the Vikings this week being a shootout. Um, only two opposing defenses. This this is crazy to me. So whenever defenses are going up against the Vikings, there's only two this year that have scored more than two points, and that was Green Bay in Week 2 and Chicago in Week 4. Other than that, the defenses uh, against Minnesota's offense are scoring two or less points which is crazy. So sit the Cowboys defense. I have them in a couple of leagues and I have them sitting. Um, so just put them on the bench and just don't, don't even worry about it. So maybe you're just going to want to sit both these teams in this matchup. I do. I So I have the Vikings and the Cowboys in one league and I put in the claim for a third defense. Yeah. That I'm going to carry for a week and then drop. So I have sitting the Vikings defense. They're playing the number one team against defenses, the Cowboys. I do not see Dak getting sacked much, if at all, with that offensive line. Um, I'm maxing out the Vikings defense at most five points. Dallas makes opposing defenses score, on average, 1.8 points per week. There has been only two teams so far this season that have two defenses so far this season that have scored more than one point against Dallas. 
That is not a good look, and you should probably streamline someone else for the week if you have the Cowboys or the Vikings, a.k.a. Jarrett. Yeah, like I said, one league, I, it's a league I'm, I'm – Travis, this is the Green Meadows League, so I'm like 2-7 and seven and pretty sure I'm in dead last. Um, I don't know, because I drafted Baker as my quarterback this year, and that really hurt a lot, a lot. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm actually going to carry three defenses for a week, which may not be a bad idea, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so that was our stardom system. First fantasy really advice that we've included to you guys for a little while. Since the draft. Since I said for a little while. So we hope you enjoy it. If you have any of those players, let us know if that works for you or if you're just going to tell us to fuck off and go with some of the players that we chose to sit. Yep, and if this blows up, we'll probably include some more fantasy football um, in the future. Yeah, so let us know if you like it. Couple more questions uh, that Jarrett threw in here. So I threw these in here because I'll tell you why in a second. But um, so if you guys have a league where you get the like, if you lose out, it's not a punishment league. In the number one year in the in the next. So specifically, like when you go to the playoffs, like if you get the number one pick as the worst team, and let's say you're in a ten team league and only four teams go to the playoffs, and you're the five seed, and you don't go to the playoffs but you know you have a good enough team and you can draft good enough, is it ethical to tank then in the consolation bracket to try to get a better draft pick? Um, I mean, I don't see why not. I, I hate it. I hate it. I, think I don't like it because it just kind of ruins it, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, what is the point in getting fifth? Well, yeah. why, what, like, I'm not going to be proud of myself for getting fifth place. I know last year, uh, me, friend of the podcast, not sure he, he's in Italy now, Brent Block, uh, we last year agreed in the consolation bracket. I think it might have even been the third, fourth place game that we were just going to go with the kicker bowl. So we benched everyone but our kickers to see who won. So that's always a fun one. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that the third, fourth place game. Cause like, again, third, fourth, like you're already there. You're either going to get the fucking, if you're in a 10 man, 10 man league, you're either going to get the third or the fourth pick next year. And then, so it's like not a lot of difference. Um, but I mean, like I'm talking about teams that like are fifth and sixth who have good enough teams who barely miss the playoffs. And then just like actively tanking. Like I've seen guys like, like not even start full lineups before. Um, the just, good thing is though, is if you're in a 10 man league, uh, and you know you do the snake draft of reverse where you placed the people in fifth and sixth can't get last. Yeah, the so best like thing the like worst they can get is eighth. Yeah, eighth, which is still the third pick though. Yeah, I mean, it's you can just view that person as shitty. It's not. It's not fun, but at the same time, it's like you know everyone else can do the same thing. Yeah, I get it. I just thought about that. This other one. This next question I have. I threw in here because I literally got asked this today, Travis. I got asked this today by a listener to the podcast who I am, who is not to be named, but when he hears this, he knows who it is. I'm very, now I'm kind of pissed because, and I'm I'm in every single league with Jarrett. So I know this person, but continue. Yeah. So he offered me a crisp $100 bill. We're in two leagues together. He offered me a crisp $100 bill to tank this week and to tank so he can make the playoffs. So 
for me in both uh, one of the leagues, I told him to fuck off because I'm actually in contention to make the playoffs. The other one, I was like, you know what? No, because I don't. It's a. I'm not saying it out loud, but I'm like no because I don't want to finish last because I'm like in last right now. Um, and one hundred dollars, hundred dollars to because I'm playing him in both leagues this week. Playing him in both leagues this week. So he offered me. He said I have a Mister Andrew Jackson. Oh, that's only a five, but whatever. Um, right, a hundred. I thought never mind, but still, he offered me money to to. So I mean, obviously it wasn't legit, but I know people who have told me who have, I guess, what's the fucking word they use in the, in the, in the show, the league, uh, collusion who've colluded with one collusion, another. collusion who've colluded with one another. And the guy who's like bad, like actively loses and tanks. So the other person can make the playoffs or get a win when they need it. So, what is your stance on that? I know a lot of people are like, fuck that. But really, I mean, if you're in last and you have nothing to lose, who gives a shit? You know, you, you bitch, Lucas Rogers, you, <laughs> you bitch. Oh man. That, that makes me so that it makes me laugh. Honestly, I wasn't going to say his name, but you fucking said it. I mean, I did. Lucas Rogers is bribing people over here and I'm in two leagues with him as well. That's so funny, though, because his teams are terrible. Uh, he's not so terrible in the punishment league. He's just trying to skate by and, and get wins. This man, let me know if you guys have ever heard this happen. I think we were through six weeks in one of our 10-man leagues. This guy, Lucas, led the league in points and was 0-6. Led the league in points and hadn't won a game yet. I think that that's, that he deserves an award for that. I mean, it really does. But he's he's he was like I was like, why? Why do you want me to do that? Because I'm trying to make the playoffs. So first of all, Lucas, I I wanted to tell him like in the punishment league, he's not making the playoffs. No, but in this league, in our other league, which is an eight man league, um, it is a very 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 tight knit race. That's what I'm saying. Like, why would I take on that? Like, currently, I'm because you're tied you're for, tied. I'm tied for second. Or, no, you're tied for third with me. Well, there's two teams in first, and there's – I counted a second, but – Me and you are barely making the playoffs right now. We're in exactly. th- third and fourth. We're tied for third and fourth. And that's a money league too, so I'm just like, nah, man, I can't afford to do that. And so in, in the other league he's talking about, Lucas is – I think he's two and seven, and I'm three and six. We're in different divisions. So, so I was like, even you losing to me, because that league's a division league, I'm like, even you losing to me, doesn't or me losing to you doesn't do anything for you because we're in different divisions. Like, ah, oh, shit, you're right. I said, yeah, I know I'm right. So, um, which the division thing's total bullshit. But that's another story. For Chris, five dollar bill. He said Andrew Jackson. I fucking. Bla- I was so I did, busy. Honestly, I do not know my bills. Yeah, I was so busy today at work. I just read it if I was a hundred, but I'm pretty sure it's not. No, because that's uh, a twenty. Okay, sorry. Andrew Jackson's twenty. So. That's uh the buy-in that covers sixty-six percent of the buy-ins that you're in. Yeah, well, the punishment league I don't want to lose because I'm not trying to get my fucking nipple pierced. So, <laughs> but uh, that's funny. That's funny. So I called you out. I hope you've listened this far, Lucas. But I but I do know people that have colluded with one another. You yeah, one I mean, before. at that you've point, one of them before. There should be what you you've done it before. 
No, 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 I haven't. You colluded, bro. When? In that league you had when you point when you worked at the golf course in Columbia. No, I, it it didn't end up being like that because when I went and made it to the championship game, I didn't start any of the people that I got in the collusion trade, and I still won. Okay. So I didn't collude. However, I feel like anybody who does like if it's like obvious colluding, it wasn't obvious colluding either. I got a receiver that I didn't ever play and the backup quarterback in that trade for like pretty much a kicker. But either way, if you mean and you're trading like three or four prime players, you should be kicked out of the league or like not allowed to I'm work. not even talking about trading. I'm just talking about like when you play a guy, like, hey, like let's say let's say it's like the last week before the playoffs and you're playing somebody who's clearly out of it and somebody who's on the fence. Like if they win this week and somebody else loses, or if they win this week and they're in, then then they go and they be like, Hey, I'll give you twenty bucks if you fucking put out a shit dog team. Start some people on fucking buy, and I win. Like, because I have- will say, okay, I was I was gonna say it's all fair and game up until when you said start somebody on buy. As long as you're playing somebody who is playing in the game, that's I think that's fair to me. But even if somebody says, hey, start the shit, like pick up like fucking, I don't know, like start fucking Sam Darnold and goddamn fucking. Some shitty running back, the backup in Tampa, as in your flex, like I mean, not obviously nobody who's like projected like one or two points, but I feel like if you're like, hey, start all your bench players, then that's fair. Not you're not going to make them go pick up like third string running backs. They start all. You're saying that's fair. If someone, if someone, if you were like not making the playoffs and playing somebody the last week who's on the fringe of the playoffs, and like, hey, here's twenty, here's twenty bucks, start a team, but make it look like you actually tried. And lose to me. You 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 think that's ethical? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I would do it, but I'm not saying it's ethical. By any, I would do it. I don't care. I mean, I would say I would go. I'm gonna tell a little story time real quick. A few years ago, I was on the fringe of making the playoffs, and uh, the guy. So I needed a win, which I did, and I needed a guy to beat another team. And he was out of waiver transactions because we have a transaction limit. And his quarterback was hurt. So I saw that his quarterback was hurt. He wasn't starting quarterback. I literally traded him, Andrew Luck, at the very end of the season. Brad Sterling, this is you. I'm talking to you. I traded you, Andrew Luck, to play him and beat this guy. And you left him on your bench. If you'd have played him, you'd have beat him. And I missed the playoffs. I feel like that's fair. Just wanted to throw that story out there. And I, got <laughs> I traded him my backup quarterback of Andrew Luck to beat this guy to make the playoffs, and he didn't start him. That's hilarious. I do remember that. But, because uh, he didn't check his lineup because he sucked so bad that year. Well, he was also traveling. He also was like all over the country that year or all over the world, really, that year. Either um, way, I hope you're listening and I just called your ass out. Lucas Rogers, Brad Sterling. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, that's some fantasy football talk. It's always fun. Uh, maybe we'll talk some more about it later on in the year. But that's episode fifty-five for you, for you, uh, ladies and gents. So, hope you. Oh man, I just had a bad hiccup. I'm drinking whiskey. Not. I hope you whiskey. enjoy. Happy college basketball season. Happy college football playoff season. Since those rankings are out, and go win your fantasy matchup this week.
Juice, sauce, little bit of dressing. Ice, wrist, little bit of flexing. Juice, sauce, little bit of dressing. Ice, wrist, little bit of flexing. I went to the store for some chocolate flavored milk. Came home with a thick chocolate colored milk. All she wanted was a little gravy train for Christmas. She was purely interested in giving me the business. Pretty sure I was like 20 when it happened. Like speakers playing Marvin Gaye, so I started snapping. All of a sudden, mama had her ass clapping. We were in the aisle with the paper and the napkins. I was mesmerized by the way that it was shaking. Looked down at her car, and all she had was bacon. Oh shit. I think she wants some breakfast, but out the corner of my eye, saw my fucking dentist. Juice, sauce, little bit of dressing, ice, wrist, little bit of flex. Juice, sauce, little bit of dressing, ice, wrist, little bit of flex. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.